This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tunnel Vision, a show brought to you by uscfootball.com. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined alongside Shotgun Spratling all the way from the East Coast and Chris Trevino over there in studio with me, swim fan. Uh, you, you, let's get a, you know, let's get a better look at Chris's getup. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about USC winning their eighth Heisman Trophy. Who did it? Caleb Williams. Comes from the DMV, where Chris is from. And if you don't know the gig, the gag or whatever, Chris Trevino was actually his swimming coach back in two, 10 years ago, 2012. This is a photo uh, he included in there. So I uh, wanted to kind of put that up and so you guys could check it out. Uh, yeah. So Chris was his swimming coach. And then now we have this. This is what we <laughs> Chris came to the studio, completely professional. Uh, yeah, but we got a we got a great show for you today. Jack Smith, uh, if you guys normally tune in, our great intern, you know, he's got to go back home. So he's uh, he finished his finals. He's back home in the Bay Area. So I'll be doing the hosting duties. We got Shotgun, who's coming in remotely from the East Coast because he was there. He was in New York City last night for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, all the festivities leading up to that. So we're going to get Shotgun's perspective on Caleb winning the Heisman. How about USC going to the Cotton Bowl, playing Tulane? The transfer portal is heating up, so we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. But I welcome, want to welcome you guys in. How are you guys doing, man? Shotgun, start with you, and then we got to get to whatever Chris is doing there. I mean, I'm uh, I just took a nap. It was a kind of whirlwind weekend in New York. A lot of things kind of going on at different times and kind of bouncing around. And New York obviously is you know it takes a little bit of time to get around New York. Uh, so I was bouncing around at different places. Um, you know, the, all the media festivities are in one spot, but bounce around to see some some friends and family and whatnot. So I uh, had definitely had fun, but you know, big weekend for USC, obviously with Caleb Williams winning and becoming the eighth USC former player or player or former player to win the trophy. And uh, you know, the stiff arm comes back to to Southern California and back to Heritage Hall. Add another one to the mix. Yeah, pretty impressive. And uh it was cool to see uh Chris Fowler say USC's record eighth tro trophy because they've won eight of those. They've had eight different USC Trojans stepped up on that stage and accepted the stiff arm trophy, which is great. Uh, we got to get to Chris because Halloween was awesome. Uh, really, the Randy Macho Man Savage was that was that was epic. Uh, the two of us were kind of sitting next to each other. Now we're caught, I can show you like where we are in the room. So Chris is over there. 
but he's there. But we got to show Chris. Uh, I, we need some explanation. I don't know. What do you? What do you? What are we doing here, Chris? G- you know, g- give us the bit. You know, I just, I just thought that in honor of the first player from the DMV to win a Heisman, I thought it was fitting that I threw it back to where I first met Caleb, which was in the swimming pool. You know, Temple Hills Swim Club. I'm rocking the Temple Hills cap. That is an official cap, probably from the 2012 season. So rummage this in my swim bag, and I just decided to go with the look for what's happening today. Also, this cap is very tight. It's tighter than I remember. <laughs> also, the goggles are literally crushing my eyeballs with the pressure that is created. So we'll see if I pass out halfway through this show. But it is very, very tight all up in this cranium region. So we'll see if uh, I don't have an aneurysm or something. But I just wanted to throw it back and honor the DMV uh, with it, with having its first Heisman winner in Caleb Williams. And, you know, arguably the greatest player ever to come out of the region has been anointed. So I, I thought I thought it was fitting to do to do this. Yeah, nice tribute, Chris. We love it. Uh, looking great, as always. Make sure. So Chris had a great story leading up to the Heisman, the making of a Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, candidate, and you can read that. Uh, Chris put that up there. Winner. It was a winner, but you put it up before he won, right? I know, but it's winner now. now We've updated it all. It's oh, it's a, updated. They gave a highlight of winner. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna fix that. It's the making of a Heisman. You know, there was no doubt that he was gonna win. I don't know why Chris put contender in there. That went up without my approval. It was just <laughs> been straight Heisman. Because that's what Caleb Williams is. But an absolutely phenomenal story if you haven't read it. A lot of the things that Caleb Williams actually touched on in his speech, and some people were like, wow, I didn't know that. Well, if you're a member of the Peristyle, um, if you read this story, then you would know some of those things, t- talking about him growing up um, and what led to him becoming a Heisman quarterback. Because he was a running back and a, a linebacker and a smaller run- running back and linebacker growing up. Uh, so the the – Trials and tribulations that got him to where he is, the plan that he talked about, that uh, his father talked about, all those things all came came together. Uh, Chris wrote about all those things. So it's a great story. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you go read it because it'll kind of complete everything that you heard during the the Heisman Trophy presentation as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he talked about a lot of that stuff, the 530 workouts, the plan. Being too small to play running back in that uh, all-star game or whatever it was and uh, switching, you know, playing quarterback and doing some of the crazy stuff you saw him do, you know, this season when he won the uh, the Heisman. But, uh, yeah, uh, Shaka, let's stay with you for a little bit because you were there the days leading up to this. What was, what was it like? What were the festivities like uh, around the Heisman? I mean, you know, the, the normal uh... – uh, availabilities that there are is that there was an availability the day before they you know they had a pre-ceremony uh, availability so all four of the Heisman and uh, you know each of the, the each of the finalists uh, each time that they had the availabilities basically uh, you know the second time right before a couple hours before the ceremony they had them on a on the stage um, kind of taking questions together uh, but then each time they would break out into individual, you know, kind of media day scrums where it's just, a, you know, one table that the player is sitting at and then the media can bounce back and forth to whichever player they want to talk to. So it was a good opportunity to kind of g- talk with Caleb Williams about how he, he was kind of going about his business. But USC, give credit to USC and the Pac-12, they put together a Heisman breakfast, which was really awesome. We got a chance to, you know, sit down with Matt Leiner, 
Carson Palmer, Mike Garrett was there, and Kayla Williams all came uh, for the you know for the beat writers and whatnot, to the the local media to get a chance to you know get a little more intimate opportunity to to speak with those people, and uh, it was really awesome to to hear Carson Palmer and Matt Liner and to see them interact with Caleb Williams and the some of the advices that they were giving him. Um, you know, one of them is Caleb looked, you know, a little bit tired when he came down in the morning is the early morning breakfast. Uh, and Carson kind of, you know, as, as Caleb started perking up a little bit, Carson said, be ready. The next 48 hours are going to be exhausting. Uh, and that's, you know, you see this morning that Caleb Williams was on Good Morning America. This is after going out with his offensive lineman last night, uh, you know, and, and celebrating a little bit. And he's got a gala. He had a gala event today um, that, that they host. The media is not available. Media is not allowed to. That has all the you know the previous winners and whatnot. So you know, just it's it's one thing on top of another. But uh, you know, the media availability was great. Getting a chance to talk to them the day before, before in the morning before, and then right before the ceremony. And then of course we got to talk to the winner afterwards as well, and got to talk to Lincoln Riley. And what a, what a weekend for Lincoln Riley. I mean, this is his third Heisman Trophy winner in six years as a head coach. But he said this one was more special than the other ones. Why? Because his brother, Garrett, was there as well because TCU Max quarterback Max Duggan was also there as a finalist. So the Riley brothers together there uh, coaching two of the four finalists and the top two uh, to, uh, finishers in the Heisman Trophy race. So it was a, an incredible weekend for the Rileys. I actually ran into Lincoln Riley on his way in on the, the day of the ceremony. And he, I chatted with him for a little bit. And I was like, how tired are you right now? Because he has been flying all over the country recruiting this past week. They had official visits this week, and you see the the you know see what has come out of that to the, so far today with the commitment of Georgia State linebacker Jalil Muhammad. But he goes to goes to USC on Friday for the official visit. Comes to New York City on Saturday. He'd been in in uh, in Florida. I, mean, I think in I think in Florida he's been in Texas. He's been in a couple other states throughout the week as well, doing in home visits, doing uh, visits at schools and stuff. So he's been all over the place. And when they had the the Heisman Trophy uh, media availability after Caleb Williams won, so it's in a different building. So the the ceremony itself. They have the ceremony. They bring the winner back over to the media. And during this uh, section of of media availability, Lincoln Riley's kind of standing over on the side. And I could tell, like, he's kind of leaned against the wall. And you could tell that he was, he's, was exhausted, but just a huge smile on his face. And how could you not smile when your quarterback uh, has such a meaningful speech? Uh, Lincoln Riley was uh, tearing up a little bit. Caleb Williams uh, is Lincoln Riley's wife as well. Caleb Williams' parents were tearing up, and Caleb I, I thought was going to potentially lose it during the ceremony because he's kind of had this uh, emotional catharsis at the end of, of things. You know, at the end of games, at the end of the UCLA game, he's bottled up all this energy, and then when they win, he's bouncing all over the place where he had been cool, calm, and collected throughout a against Utah. You know, he's cool, calm, and collected during the game, even with a hamstring injury. And then at the very end, all the you know the emotions come flooding out. And I wrote about that today. And you know, I asked him about it leading up, and he said, "There's a chance that I do get emotional." But he was able to kind of keep it together. There were some sniffles. It, you saw him taking his time with his speech, 
but he was able to make it through without kind of breaking down. But it was a, it was a fun weekend for sure, and getting a chance to interact with those guys in a more intimate uh, setting uh, was really fun as well. Yeah, well, great job out there, Shotgun. Um, you were crushing the coverage. It was great to see you there. Uh, obviously, it's a great you know it's, it's a great environment when you have so many former USC players there as well. Uh, Matt Liner, Carson Palmer, and you know Caleb Williams is in a unique position now with. Uh, he can play next year, and he can be a Heisman voter. Um, Matt Leiner did that, too. I believe he voted for Reggie Bush. I forgot to ask him, but I asked him, like, you voted, right? He said, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so he can vote like with that pretty, pretty – I mean, that's pretty cool that you can do that. So Caleb Williams coming back. Hinted at maybe coming back for two years. I don't think that's going to happen, but he made a little <laughs> <coughs> mention of that. Chris, we got to go back to you because obviously, you know, as his former coach. I, yeah, yeah. I, I just had two follow-ups oh. with oh, okay. uh, Shotgun. Uh Actually, three. One being, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give uh, some flowers to Shotgun for his great coverage in New York, the bustling city of New York. But he took it down from photos to instant analysis, solo instant analysis, you know, tweeting, uh, writing stories, and still being the managing editor of all our stupid stories. You know, he handled all of that with grace uh, as only Shotgun could. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you for all the work that he did this weekend. Two... Where do you actually – where did you guys actually watch the ceremony from? Like are you actually in that room or are you like in some media pen? No, so the, the, so the media is not allowed. The, the Lincoln Center where they host it is actually pretty small venue. Looks pretty um, small. I, I think someone said 450 seats or something like that. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty small. There's probably, if I was guessing – 60 to 80 media members were in attendance, uh, you know, at the final day. So the all the media events are held at the Marriott Marquis, which is right in Times Square, which is which was crazy. It's at this time of year that everything's kind of going crazy. All the Christmas stuff. There was SantaCon in New York City, so there were Santa people everywhere on Saturday walking around, uh, you know, dressed up and you know the big bar crawl or whatever it is. So it was it was definitely an interesting scene. But the Lincoln Center is is a little bit further north in Manhattan. I don't know, eight ten blocks up, uh, and uh, you know, at the base of Central Park. So that's why the they had a pre uh, pre ceremony uh, media availability with all four of the finalists. They took them away. They drove them over the Lincoln Center, uh, and then they brought and you know they're fully dressed by the time they had this, and then they bring the winner back. So we're all watching it basically in a in a, a media ballroom. You know, on okay. big giant screens, so we're watching the same as everyone else as far as you know that goes. So no uh, extra insights as far as being in the building. We'll have to get that from the offense alignment because yeah. that's a big storyline we haven't touched on. But Caleb Williams brought all eight of his offense alignment with him uh, to New York City and basically threatened to not attend the event if the Heisman people, if, you know, he, he couldn't remember who he told this to. He said this multiple times. He said, I can't remember who I told. I told a couple of people, but if they don't come, then I'm not coming was basically his message. So he brought the entire office alignment and those guys were absolutely giddy. You can see it on their face in the photos and stuff. And, you know, the, the, their social medias that they have, uh, they were so excited to be there. Uh, in the Holly Rowe interview, the little one-minute thing that she did, just you can see the excitement on their face and the fact that Caleb did that for them. And they all they, they, they were asked who's, whose idea was it, and they said it was Caleb's idea. This was him. And so 
you know, that they got eight of those linemen to come out there and those tickets are hard to come by. So this was not just like, Oh yeah, you get, you get an allotment of 20 tickets and you brought your offense lineman. Like they get a small allotment. I don't know how many it is, if it's four, if it's six or whatever, but Caleb had his family there. He had his high school coach there and then he had his offense lineman. So they had a, a big number, uh, a big turnout of, for Caleb Williams. And Hey, when you're going to win the reward, I guess you get, you got to, you got a little bit of leverage there and he used it to, to get his offense lineman there. So I think that just shows again, the leadership and character that this guy has and why, USC was able to turn around from a four and eight season to eleven and two, despite all the new faces and everything else. I think it speaks volumes to the leader that Caleb Williams is. How everyone kind of you know was pushing in the right direction and the the love that he's received from his teammates uh, throughout this season. Especially, he he was very thankful for the love he's received since the Pac-12 championship game. You know, he, he said his teammates, a lot of them reached out and said thank you to him, and he said that meant a lot to him. Because he's just, you know, he's going out and trying to ball like he always is. But for them, after a loss, it, you know, and him playing on one leg, for for his teammates to reach out and say thank you is very appreciative. Yeah. Chris, though, I mean, I need to hear more from you on this. This is a big deal. Uh, this is your guy, your former pupil, your former student, now winning the Heisman Trophy. You are a Heisman Trophy winning coach or a coach. Yeah, I don't know what you want to call it, but the floor is yours, Chris. I mean, I... I really, really don't know what to say. It all feels very surreal. Sorry, let me put my goggles back down for this. It all feels very surreal. <laughs> uh, and I'm just speaking uh, as it's not as sort of, you know, a USFootball.com writer, but more so just myself as someone who, uh, you know, grew up in Maryland, was a swim coach in Maryland for a little bit and came across, uh, you know, get Caleb Williams in our swim team. He was going to swim with us for the summer. Great. You know, I heard he was an up-and-coming uh, football player. We continue to hear about it, you know, through my the, the other coaches on the team. Like, hey, Caleb's doing pretty well. He's a pretty good Pop Warner guy. You know, he's making a lot of buzz. Then it was like, okay, you guys see this? Caleb Williams, that kid we used to coach, starting at Gonzaga. Oh, Caleb Williams wins the, wins the WCAC. Oh, Caleb Williams. He's getting offers from across the country. Caleb Williams just got offered by USC. I cover USC. That wouldn't that be crazy if he went to USC? He's not going to come to USC because, you know, Clay Helton's in charge of USC. He's not coming to USC. Caleb Williams going to Oklahoma. Caleb Williams, five-star quarterback. Caleb Williams wins Elite 11, whatever, MVP. And then, you know, the, the craziness of Lincoln Riley coming to USC. Caleb Williams coming to USC. And it's just been very crazy and surreal. Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. It's just a very surreal thing to be talking about here in the studio, dressed as I am right now. But I can clearly look down in the pool of a morning practice and seeing Caleb Williams in my group lane, you know, yelling at them to, to swim their 500 uh, warm-up for practice and all of them not listening to me. I can clearly see that and hear that in myself. So that it, it's very just surreal as someone who, you know, uh, was like literally knew him when he was a kid. And I, I joke a lot and there's been a lot of jokes on social media about coach, coach 10K, 18K, whatever you want to call it. You did it. You were the one who got him there. I absolutely had nothing to do with this in this Heisman run. And I just want to make that clear. It is a bit, but I just want to make that clear on the record. Yeah. And congrats to him. And I, and I want to say congrats to him and his family 
and doing it for the DMV and Washington DC, DC and that and that region, very special, very special moment. So congrats to him and his family. Yeah, Chris, we had a comment that said Caleb winning the Heisman Trophy means uh, to DC and sports fans in the city. Yes, we can make it. Thank you, Caleb. Uh, you know, he wasn't actually asked about you know winning, and uh, Chris had this stat in his in his story, but he's the technically the second person from Maryland, second person born in Maryland to uh, to win the Heisman. I believe he was born in Maryland. I know he grew up there, but the DMV area has not had a true Heisman. Chris, can you speak on you know how, why that is and what you think it means? Now, to the, that area, and, and maybe even you can mention you know, the, the Gonzaga College uh, prep, the reaction that they had, if you saw that clip, uh, you know, of those guys and him shouting out, not only is, you know, Lincoln Riley and his offensive linemen and the other USC Heisman winners, but his coaches, his mentors, that whole – that inner circle that he has and his, his high school coach and everything. So it's not like something he's forgotten. He definitely wanted to mention the DMV. What do you think it means to that area? I think it means everything, and I talked to a lot of people. Everyone I talked to for this story, I asked them, like, what would it mean for Caleb to, you know, be the first Heisman winner out of the DMV? And, yes, as you mentioned, you know, he is technically kind of the second person that has been born in that area, the first one being Doug Flutie, the Boston College quarterback. Everyone knows Doug Flutie, but he was born in Maryland, but – uh, in doing the research, you know, Doug Flutie actually moved to Florida when he was a kid, six years old, and then he played his high school ball in uh, Massachusetts on his way to Boston College. So he is not, while he may have been technically born there, he is not of uh, the DMV. And I think the Washington Post did a really good story on uh, looking at Caleb Williams and the DMV and the Heisman perspective. And they had a great line about, you know, while – Doug Flutie was born in Maryland. He is not of the DMV. He is he was not born and raised there. So that's why there's this distinction between those two and why Caleb is technically the first. And I know everyone you would talk to from the area would say, if you brought up that fact, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's Caleb Williams is the first. And there have been people that have come close. You know, uh, Chase Young, who's also comes out came out of that league, WCAC, where, where Gonzaga is. He played at my alma mater, DeMatha. He finished as a Heisman finalist, just the ninth uh, finalist that was on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the late Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State, he was a finalist. Uh, so those are the two of the most recent guys that have been up there. But, you know, no player has been able to get over that hump. Blake Corum out of Michigan, uh, he was he finished seventh in the Heisman. Uh, probably, you know, I think could have made it if he wasn't injured at the end of the year with that, with that season-ending uh, injury. But actually played against Caleb Williams when Caleb was with uh, the Bowie Elite and uh, Blake was playing on a nationally recognized uh, Pop Warner team, the Maryland Heat. And I wrote about that, that game in that story you can check out. And Blake and Caleb actually trained together. So there are all these connections. And for, for him to, to win it for that region, it means a lot because that region is very fertile. It's, you know, it's, it's why Alabama you know, recruits there. It's why Lick Riley has made inroads in that age, that area, in that region, and, and offered a lot of kids out of there. And, you know, hits up the WCAC schools every year with that trade with with his coaching staff. It's because there's a lot of talent produced there, and you know, per capita, it's obviously a very small region compared to like a Texas or a Florida or a California, and but it still produces a lot of top end, high end, you know, five star NFL type talent. 
So I think Caleb being the Heisman is sort of a big affirmation for the area and the region. It, it, it kind of solidifies that area as being a high-end talent producer across the country, you know, not just in football, but other stuff. It's considered one of the meccas of basketball and college basketball. But for football, I think it stamps it and solidifies it as being a true talent producer, you know, up there in terms of some of the bigger states, like I mentioned, California, Texas, because uh, per capita, there's a lot of great talent that comes out of there. And just having the best player in the country be of that region does a lot to to affirm that and affirm the, those beliefs uh, for them. So a lot of talent, you know, this is true of every, any talent pool, but, you know, a lot of talent doesn't make it out of places. And, you know, there's some that certainly happens in other places, but D.C. specifically, that that region, PG County, that you see a lot of talent that doesn't make it out. So to have someone make it to that level and to that status also means a lot for those people uh, out there. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it means a lot for the region, of course. It means a lot for Caleb Williams, his family, uh, Lincoln Riley uh, winning the first, I believe he's the first head coach to win three, have three Heisman Trophy winners under his uh, watch. Um, and then... No, not not the first there, Ryan. Was Pete Carroll did too? Pete Carroll had three, uh, obviously, um, and then Saban has four, and I believe Frank Lee Leahy um, has four as well. So there's two. Okay. I think there's two coaches with four. Um, he's the first one with three quarterbacks to win the Heisman. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, the, he's the first one to have three in six years. I can tell you that. I mean, yeah, uh, Pete Carroll. Well, I don't know. Pete Carroll had three. Uh, in- Three in six. his first six years, I think, or five years or six years, yeah, something like that five, as well. Think, yeah. um, but he also you know, had a longer career and stuck at three. So we'll see where Lincoln Riley goes from here. Maybe he gets another finalist, another winner next year. That'll be the big question next year is can Caleb Williams become the first one to repeat? And we've seen several guys recently because of the, you know, a lot of redshirt freshmen and just younger guys playing and getting those opportunities and, you know, being big-time stars. But there have been several several guys in the last two decades that have been like, oh, they're coming back uh, and yet not been able to, to fulfill the, you know, have the same success the next season. Look at Bryce Young this past year. Uh, and so we'll see if Caleb Williams can surpass what he did this season to potentially, you know, be a back-to-back guy, the second one ever. Yeah, but pretty impressive. You know, he's had, uh, you know, a bunch of finalists, not just the three winners, um, what a couple runners up as well in the seven years. I think once when he was an offensive coordinator, but to have three Heisman winners under your belt and you're not even 40 years old, uh, pretty impressive from for Lincoln Riley. And then for USC, I think it means a lot. Uh, with I've been voting in the Heisman, I think about 10 years or whatever now, and just haven't had an opportunity to put someone that's from USC. Number one on the ballot, you know, um, and was able to do that this year. And knowing that, you know, going into this, that he was likely going to win and what it would mean for the school, a lot, you know, the last winner USC had was Reggie Bush and he doesn't have his trophy right now. And there's a big push to get that back. I think adding another one on top of that, and it was, you know, tied with seven was Ohio State and, and Notre Dame. Now you go to eight. And the fact that they even mentioned it on the broadcast, I think that's a big deal. And it's bringing back hardware. It wasn't the championship that they wanted. They were close, you know, to be able to to win that in the first year, but still opportunity to win a New Year's Six Bowl, win 12 games in a season. But getting that Heisman Trophy is sort of like 
this is an announcement. Hey, USC football's back. We're going to be back on the national stage. You got a guy that's winning the Heisman. He was the only, uh, you know, only guy up there on the stage that wasn't going to the college football playoff. Um, and I think he's got a decent opportunity when, you know, Matt won it. You had Reggie on your team. Like, I don't, there's no Reggie Bush on this team outside of Caleb Williams, but his goals are to get back. So if they can improve uh, on what he did, not just his numbers, but just because if they go to the college football playoff uh, next year, they win the Pac-12, that's a, that's taking your – you have an opportunity as a winner to take your game to another level. Like when you're in Alabama, it's like really hard to get better. Like if you win a national championship and you got to try to you know win it again, um, that's tough. But they didn't even win the conference. So there's more to be accomplished. So I think there's a real opportunity there for him to do it. But if this to me, I would get your guys' thoughts on this. This is a big deal. This is – you know, four and eight and all that stuff, whatever. USC just wasn't nationally relevant. You win the Heisman Trophy, you're nationally relevant again. And I think that's what Lincoln Riley's showing. You know, winning 11 games is great and all that. You beat UCLA, you beat Notre Dame. You got to do that kind of stuff. But now you're talking about history with winning a Heisman. And USC's got a lot of history there. This is adding to it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll let you go ahead, Chris, first. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say a quick shout-out to Ryan. You covered half of USC's Heisman winners. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. How does that feel? I know. It's pretty pretty nuts. Uh, Carson Palmer back in the day. That started everything. 20-year anniversary for Carson Palmer. So and he'll be honored for back. 25th. Yeah, he said it was, it was his first, first time, time back. back. Yeah, because you know when you play in the NFL for 15 seasons, there's not usually a lot of time on a December Saturday night to, to make it out. Yeah. Um, and he, I, I talked with him a little bit, and I'll have this. I'm working on a ghost ghost notes kind of game day, tr- you know Heisman Trophy yeah, Heisman Trophy Day ghost notes uh, in in honor of Chris uh, uh, trying to steal his thunder dead. as much as possible. Not dead. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P to Chris there, but, you know, working on that, but you have some stuff in there about, you know, why he, you know, his, you know, talked with him for a good bit was really fun, uh, but why he didn't, hasn't come back before now. And like the impetus that, you know, that uh, Caleb Williams, you know, just kind of gave is like, okay, well, if Caleb Williams is going to be there, maybe we should go. We haven't gone, you know, recently as a, you know, as a family, let's go and enjoy this kind of a December in, in, uh, in New York city. And same thing with Matt Leiner. He hadn't been, he said since his 10th anniversary, so that would have been 2014. So been a while since he had been back either. And we had a question actually to, to answer real quick um, about why wasn't Marcus Allen there or why was oh, it? Yeah. And it's completely up to the former winners whether or not they want to go. Um, and Carson Palmer made it sound like it's not something like the Heisman Trust doesn't pay for everything 
But if you want to be there, like they want you to be a part of all the, the stuff and there's cool stuff that you can do, but they don't like pay for your flight and your family's flight and, you know, your hotel expenses and all that type of stuff. So it's kind of up to you. So that's probably why that didn't happen. Um, so it would be interesting to try to get all eight of USC's Heisman winners together at some point. I don't know yeah. if that photo is ever going to happen, uh, but you know, you got to try to make it happen, right? If you're a USC, like you got to reach out to, to Charles, uh, Charles White and OJ Simpson, like, Hey, is there what something we can get together and make this happen uh, before, you know, before anything happens to someone or whatnot. But uh, it was definitely really cool to, to get to hang out that breakfast with what ends up being now half the Heisman's as well. So I got to have breakfast with half the, half the USC Heisman's. Yeah. I have to wonder what it's like when OJ walks in the room. Yeah. Oh, uh, if <laughs> they do have all eight of them, that'd yeah. be interesting. Yeah. To be that'd a fly on the wall would be fun. It would be a great photo. But, but question uh but Ryan, back to your question. Yeah. It the 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 cap is cutting off circulation in my brain, but you said <laughs> what it does to USC's national relevance again and winning the Heisman. That was the basis of your question. Yeah, yeah. What what do you think? I think it does, you know, obviously I'm not ready to de- ready even close to declare uh, the quote-unquote phrase that's been uttered recently over the last several months is USC is back. No, I would not go far as say that, but it is a massive leap to getting to where you want to be in terms of being able to say USC is back. If USC's back is over here and you started here, you know, you made it here, Heisman gave you a big jump uh, closer to that, like a massive, massive leap towards that just because of you know, that's a major award, the most, arguably the most impressive individual uh, sports award in, in, in American sports you can win is the Heisman, the iconic trophy. So to have USC get back to that that place, to have a winner, to have the most amount of Heisman winners uh, out of anyone, no one is is has more than USC in terms of eight, to, to, to have that point back to have that point back on the resume and to use it as a recruiting tool when you bring kids in and you bring transfers in is incredible and it will help feed the fuel that USC is doing to to get back to accelerate their their path back to you know a college football playoff and playing for a national championship I think you know you look at it as you know an individual award but it still means a lot in terms of what a program is and what a program can do and representing a program on a national stage. And, yeah. And but, how could you, oh, go ahead. how could you not think that that's going to happen going forward? If you listen to Caleb Williams speech, cause it was not about, Hey, look how great I am. Uh, you know, I won this award and thanks to the people around me to help me help make me great. It was, this is great. And I'm excited to win this award, but I look at all the finalists out there and you guys get to go to the college football playoff and I don't. So like that was one of the things he said, the fact that he said he's got unfinished business with, with Lincoln Riley, that they've still got work to do. The job's not done all those things. And yeah, that if someone was writing that speech for him, maybe they throw some of those things in there, but you know, he means all those things, you know, that's going to be his motivation all year. And I wanted to mention this earlier and I, and I forgot to throw it in there, but he is super young. People keep, forget that because of how much he's already played. But, uh, you know, that was one of the things that, that Carson Palmer mentioned to me is that this kid has only played, you know, he started 20 games basically. So, you know, he's going to continue to get better. 
And you even saw it from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, some of the things that he was doing a little bit differently. And Lincoln Riley mentioned it, that this kid's super young still. So next year he could take his game to an even higher level. And, you know, the big thing is going to be, can they get some pieces around him, maybe on the defensive side, to add to that on the offensive line so that he has some protection like he did this season. You know, they got to be able to replace Brett Nealon, Andrew Voorhees, Bobby Haskins. If they can fill some of those holes, this team could be even better next season because that kid is going to get even better next season. Yeah. Well, it's a big deal. And uh, congratulations to Caleb Williams. And it was great to see some of the stories come out there. I know there was he was getting flack for painting his fingernails. And there was definitely a bunch of Utah people that were upset. The fact that he brought two Utah kids that, you know, to the game uh, that, that they had just lost their father and um, some of the st- he just does a lot of stuff uh, behind the scenes, which is great. He's just great kid. Uh, you could see just in his speech what he was able to do, bringing the offensive lineman, all that kind of stuff. If you're a USC football fan and you're watching this, you probably are. You should feel really proud that uh, someone like that is in your program. It's definitely someone that's easy to root for. So congratulations to uh, Caleb Williams, uh, USC's eighth, record eighth Heisman Trophy winner. All right. Uh, we should probably move on. I know there's some people that are coming into the chat. Uh, maybe a little bit late, and they're like, keep wondering about what's going on with Chris. Um, and I love this. So Chris put it out. He said, if I get 200 retweets, I'm going to tweet the photo because the bit's been going on for a while. Uh, are Chris, people in? I, I should put this down. Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris was a swim coach back in the DMV, back in Maryland. And uh, in 2012, Caleb Williams was one of his students. And he said he saved this photo, and I, you know, he predicted that Caleb was going to win the Heisman. He did save this photo after the ceremony. Tweeted out, "If I get 200 retweets, I will s- tweet out this photo," which he did. So you can see Chris, and then you can see Caleb Williams, Chris oh. up top middle, and then Caleb down the bottom. Uh, pretty amazing. Also, to be Chris. clear, I didn't say he was going to win the Heisman in 2012. I'm saying I may. I think he means I made a bold prediction. The this year, the, I, I made one of my ten poll predictions for the season was that Caleb Williams would win the Heisman. Yeah, so, so I, didn't, you, I didn't make it back in 2012. That would have been insane. So if you're joining us late, that's the bit. Uh, and Chris is, you know, he's very dedicated to the bit, so it's pretty awesome. I've, yeah, it's I've, no, no, keep going. It's uh, it's this is perfect. You came in here. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw him and he was in the studio early. I was and I was doing my work. I bring in some pizza. And he goes to the bathroom and comes back just like that. I say, Ryan, I'm not a professional. I just want you to know I'm not a professional. Uh, Shotgun, I forgot to ask you my last question. Did you get any New York pizza? Uh, I got some Brooklyn-style pizza technically in New Jersey, but I did get oh. some. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to, to the, uh, the, the big touristy spots I walk by. You know, Joe's Pizza, which is in L.A., is one of the big spots. I walked by it, and the line was wrapped around. So I'm not waiting in line for all that. But I got some late-night pizza on Saturday after the ceremony and everything. I mean, I didn't leave the uh, I didn't leave the media room. They had already broken down all the stage and everything. Um, so I didn't leave the media room till like, 2 o'clock in the morning. So oh, wow. uh, it was just getting whatever was open at that time. Classic so. shoddy. Classic shot. Okay. Well, so we got some other stuff we need to talk about. Uh, you know, congrats to Caleb Williams again. Pretty awesome. This is a silly season. Uh, I, before we even get anything else, I know I, apparently Mike Leach is in critical condition in a hospital in Mississippi. So he's, we've been able to cover him in the Pac-12 for years and, uh, you know, wish him the very best. I know a lot of people in the chat were putting that up there. So I don't, we're doing the show, don't really have any updates, but I guess, um, People are tweeting out that he's in critical condition. So uh, prayers going out to him, and hopefully he's going to be okay. 
huge. I mean, he's just a huge um, personality in college football, and hopefully he's going to be all right. Uh, but the transfer portal opened up, uh, wait, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. It's a little crazy. Um, a lot of stuff kind of going on. USC's had some players enter the portal, uh, not necessarily any big names or starters. Uh, picking up a couple, looks like pretty big names uh, coming in so far. We'll see where this kind of all goes. Um, I don't know. Do you want to start, Shadi, and talk about uh, some of the portal action that's been going on? I mean, they did lose one starter, at least a part-time starter in Raylan Goforth for the that's last true. three yeah. years. Um, he was full-time starter in 2020, uh, split time last year a little bit, and then this year it was in that rotation with Eric Gentry and Shane Lee as the three primary linebackers. All three of them got banged up at different times. Tua Sivinamora got banged up, so a lot of injuries there. So that, that linebacker depth is pretty thin right now, once again, and this was the case going coming into this season. So that one's a little bit concerning, but that tells you that, you know, that, that USC um, or has, has basically probably told Raylan Goforth, like, hey, you're going to be at best in a rotation. You're not going to be the starter, and we're gonna still going to try to bring some more guys in. You saw USC picked up a linebacker commit today. So Raylan probably looked at it and said, hey, I've been a, a starter. I want to go somewhere where I can start and make sure that I have that position. So, you know, USC is trying to continue to upgrade. And linebacker was one of the areas of issue for USC this season, and partially because of the injuries. I mean, Raylan Goforth, he recovers a fumble against Notre Dame with, you know, a cast on his left hand, uh, you know, on his right hand, excuse me. And then Shane Lee intercepts a pass against UCLA with a cast on his left hand. So, you know, the, you know the, those guys were all banged up. Eric Gentry obviously was banged up as well uh, throughout the season. So they got to add more depth at that linebacker position. And, you know, that one is a little bit concerning because Raylan Goforth also played a lot of special teams in his career at USC. So, And that there were times at the end of the year where USC had Shane Lee, had Raylan Goforth, and Tua Nomura all on special on kickoff coverage together. So three of your top four linebackers. So that's a, pos a position that they like to use a lot for special teams. So they've got to continue to add some more bodies there. But nothing – Backbreaking in the in the portal, not anything that like you know had USC fans going, oh no, oh no, not that person, you know, not Caleb Williams going in, not you know, not a Jordan Addison type of player or anything like that. Now that doesn't mean the portal is it, the window is forty five days, I believe it is. So there could be more people enter the portal. So why would they not enter immediately? Why would they not get their name out there? Well, it's quite possible that USC's players will play in the bowl game and then potentially enter the portal after after the bowl game because there's still some time there uh, in the window for them to, to, to enter the portal because you don't have to enter and find a new home in this 45 days. You just have to be entered in the portal, and then you can still find a place somewhere else. But no big, you know, big uh-oh uh, players for USC so far. And, you know, you're seeing there's been official visits. They put out a bunch of offers, a ton of defensive offers. If you haven't, you got to listen to the two-star composite podcast. Gerard goes through. Chris just lets him go on uh, the potential guys in the target, uh, potential targets in the transfer portal. And it is a long, long rant, but it is very thorough. It tells you about every single person that they could be going after that have been in the portal so far. So, you know, that's, that's a, a must listen as well. But, you know, there's a lot of targets potentially out there for USC. Yeah. But don't forget, like I said, USC players haven't gone into the, into the portal yet. There could be a whole new wave of, of guys go in from other schools and maybe impact guys go in um, after the bowl games are played 
the, the window will still be open. And then again, there'll be another window after after the March, after spring practice and everything. So there's two more windows. USC will be definitely thoroughly combing the transfer portal to find guys that have made an impact already that can come in and make an impact for USC. You saw what the guys they brought in were able to do this season. Everyone from the guys you would expect with Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and Mario Williams and all those guys to a guy like Tyrone Tolini. Did not had not really done anything. Had a couple sacks in his career at Kansas State. And he comes in and he was he was second team all conference for the Associated Press. So that tells you, you know, the impact he was able to make. And he took over the defense tackle spot late in the season. He was playing 60, 70 snaps a game. So if you can find more guys like that where people are just like, yeah, that's a nice pickup, whatever, and don't even think about it. And then later in the year, you're like, that guy's starting for you, and he's playing a ton of snaps. That's the type of thing that USC is looking for. You're looking for those impact guys that may be a little bit under the radar, as well as those big-name, high-profile guys of the Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison magnitude. Yeah, and make sure you check out Gerard just put up. So if you follow the USCfootball.com, if you're not a member, first of all, you can sign up right now and get 50% off, which is great. But also get to do the Paramount Plus deal early. So go check that out. Half price for an annual membership and you get Paramount Plus. So uh, we haven't really promoted that much, very much of that promotion, but go check it out. If you're not a member, this is a great time to do it. If you like streaming, Paramount Plus has a lot of awesome stuff. You go check that out. But Gerard does his target list for the upcoming recruiting classes. And he also created huge target list for the transfer portal for offense and defense. So that went up there for VIP members only. So make sure you go check it out. USC is always going to try to add some more players through the transfer portal. Picked up a couple in the last 24 hours. Chris, do you want to go over the additions that USC got from the portal? Sure. One of them being a punter uh, and not just, you know, any punter. It's the best punter in the Pac-12 last year. He was the first team all Pac-12 selection. I'm going to absolutely butcher his name right now, so I really just want to go. Okay, help me out, Shotgun. Do it. We reached out to you know Austin Green, our writer who went to Arizona State, to have him reach out. And he says, uh, according to some of the radio uh, people at Arizona State that called the games this past fall, is Chaplitsky. Eddie Chaplitsky. Chaplitsky. That's what we're going to go with. So many times this year. But Eddie Chaplitsky <laughs> has transferred to USC. He is committed. He is, you know, as I mentioned, six foot one, uh, 190 pounds, punter. All first team all Pac 12 selection uh, for the Sun Devils. So USC is picking up the best punter in the conference last year. He averaged around 45 yards per punt, which is tops in the conference. And I believe it was somewhere between eight and ninth nationally. So he was he was booting them uh, this year as a sophomore, will be a junior uh, this coming year. You know, special teams, as Ryan and I, I know Shotgun have talked about were, especially Ryan, very inconsistent, and punting was part of that. There were some punts that were, you know, good. There were stretched where they were fine, but then there were, towards the end, it felt like they were we- really inconsistent. You know, USC did bring in all, uh, Aiden Sleep Dalton late last year, kind of a scramble after uh, Atticus Bertram's their high school signee wasn't able to make it on campus in the summer. So punting always felt a little bit up in the air. They were able to get someone uh, via Australia and Sleep Dalton, but now they have a top punter coming in. We'll see what that battle looks like uh, going to fall, uh, going to spring, excuse me, and summer workouts. And I, I you know, I'm assuming uh, Eddie will be the number one guy going to those, those battles, just just with his, you know, uh, performance and uh, 
play so far as in two years in the conference. And then the other one, which is the, the more significant one because USC does need more linebacker depth and defensive depth, is Jamil Muhammad, who from Georgia State uh, took his official visit uh, this weekend to USC and decided to say, you know, don't need to go anywhere else. Going to make my commitment. Actually, on the night of the, the Heisman ceremony, you know, tweeted out a photo with him and his dad holding up the number 13 jersey, uh, which is on our screen right now. And he kind of uh, wrote with that, you know, congrats to Caleb Williams. It was, it was like he was already a teammate of Caleb Williams, uh, you know, making that tweet out there. So, you know, you know, you felt very good about USC's chances if they gave him the green light to commit. When it went ahead and did commit, he is from the Georgia region, the South. Uh, was a quarterback out of high school, uh, signed with Vanderbilt, uh, didn't actually en enroll in Vanderbilt, ended up going to Georgia State and played uh, kind of an outside linebacker for them. Not, you know, stats don't blow, don't blow you away in terms of production, but very solid player. Uh, I think this is a guy who could start, but also think this is a guy who can come in, provide experience, depth. Could be a starter. I mean, I'm not gonna uh, can't, uh, not say he can't start for this defense, but you know, six foot two, around 230 pounds, I believe. Uh, kind of a bruiser back, kind of a bruiser kind of guy. But he is an athlete. You know, he did play uh, a quarterback and a little basketball in high school, so he can move. Shotgun probably has more on his career stats and stuff because I do not know them off the top of my head. Uh, but I think it's a good pickup. This is a solid pickup. These are you need some of those. Depth guys, reserve guys, guys that can that have experience uh, for that linebacker room, which you know has lost three linebackers to the transfer portal already, and probably uh, I would not be surprised if there was one more. So you definitely need some of these these bodies in there. Yeah, uh, but that's where kind of like what's going on with the transfer portal right now. Not a ton of fireworks, but uh, you know got some action in there. So make sure you stick. Stick around and uh, check it out. We'll be tweeting out and putting stuff over on uscfootball.com, all the different uh, transfers, anyone else transfers out, new transfers in, official visits, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's crazy because you got the early signing period coming up. You got the you know transfers kind of going on at all times. And USC is getting ready for a bowl game, uh, playing Tulsa in the Cotton Bowl on January 2nd. Chris and I will both be there in Dallas uh, covering uh, the events leading up to the game. So we'll be there for New Year's Eve. Yay, we get to be in New Year's Eve, Dallas for New Year's Eve. But uh, that should be fun. Uh, but yeah, so going into that, this is one of those things where we don't know what the schedule is for practice. We haven't heard of any media availability. Um, obviously, you got to kind of get rolling on this, you know, with uh, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams being in New York, a lot of that award stuff and everything going on. But it's a busy time. You know, Shaka talked about how busy Lincoln Riley was. You're still recruiting. You're still trying to get guys out of the portal. But oh, by the way, you have a bowl game to get ready for. Uh, we don't know the status of Caleb Williams or the bowl game. I don't, did that come up at all, Shotgun, his health after the uh, the Pac-12 championship game? He was not asked specifically about it, but you know the way he talked was, I've got to get ready for this bowl game. I've got to get yeah. ready for this bowl game. Um, he did. He was not supporting a big limp um, you know, necessarily. Like he had definitely coming off the field. And you know the Caleb Cares event that he had last week, some people said he was still limping. There wasn't a significant lip from the little bit that I saw him walking around. So, you know, I think that he's going to be working on it. I don't know. USC is definitely not going to rush him back. But if he can play, he's going to be out there because that's the type of competitor he is. He's not going to just, you know, just take his time off and rehab. I'm like, ah, it's, it's, it's not, there's nothing for me to gain from this game. 
there's always something to gain and get better. Uh, so he's going to, he will be back out there if it's possible. If not, you got Miller Moss. Miller Moss has not entered the transfer portal or anything, which some people were af- afraid about. You know, it's, does he just jump in there immediately? Now Miller Moss might do that after the bowl game. We'll yeah. see. Could be could could happen, uh, depending on how everything kind of plays out and what what opportunities he gets there. You never know. But so th- that's something By to way, keep an eye on. I said I said Tulsa apparently Tulane. Tulane. Get those mixed up. Tulane. When I was looking up what? stats for Tulane for the first look, I looked up a lot of them were for Tulsa. So I had to redo the whole thing. Yeah, I hate wow. the names. They do. They're wow. very. They're similar. Yeah, but yeah. the Green Wave guys. It's the Green Wave. The, Tulane. The beautiful baby blue uniforms that they have uh, with the green. That's a. That's the the best baby blue combination in the country. Those weren't yeah, throwbacks. A, those were their actual. They wear the baby blues at times. Yes. Oh. Uh, so uh, that, but Tulane difference is Tulsa is where Zach Hansen just came from. Yeah. Guys. Come yeah. on, you should know this. Uh, but Tulane is is going to be a is going to be a tough opponent. You know they got a lot. They got some talented players. Are very talented running back. And USC is going to have to be prepared for that. And this will be an interesting job of Lincoln Riley getting the players motivated because it's not a new it's not a college football playoff game. And you get into a New Year's Six bowl, but you feel like, all right, we're playing Tulane. You're not playing a blue blood or anything else. But this is a quality team of quality opponent they're going to be facing. So that'll be interesting. You know there were like first let me get to Chris mentioning Jamil Muhammad. Uh, his stats, he had, you know, he's had 66 sat- t- tackles combined sacks. in the last two seasons uh, with six sacks in 2021, only a, a, a sack and a half this year. He did have an interception, he had a fumble force. So he's a guy that, that makes some impact plays. But also remember, as Chris said, that he's a converted quarterback. So he started his career as a quarterback and converted to defense in the during the 2020 season. So there, but to me, that says, Hey, there's a potential for continued growth, and so we'll see if that happens for him at USC and whether he becomes a depth piece or someone that can challenge. Or and we'll see where they move him to because he because he has you know attacked off the edge for Georgia State. Does USC use him off the edge? Is he a middle linebacker? Those things will be in play there as well. And to talk about the travel aspect of Lincoln Riley, we had a question, Ryan, from Big T. said, I've read that they that we had a couple of players on official visit, including uh, J- Jamil Muhammad. With Riley and Caleb in New York City, can you guys go into it a little detail how that dynamic works? Who hosts? What Was Riley on live FaceTime? How does that kind of go? Lincoln Riley went back from being on the road in Texas and you know visiting with uh, these recruits, Braylon Shelby and these other guys, to going to Los Angeles for Friday. So Muhammad and the other guys that are on their official visits, those start on Friday. So he spent time with them on Friday and then flew out Saturday to go to New York City. He's going to stay there through tonight because there's a gala for, for the Heisman. Uh, so he, he told me that, you know, I was like, do you get any downtime at all while you're here? Do you get to enjoy it a little bit? And he's like, well... If uh, if the you know if, if Caleb were to win, this is before the ceremony. He said, then you know we'll stick around for the gala. So I would assume that he would get a chance to sleep a little bit early this morning, um, and then maybe go out during the afternoon and maybe go do something if they didn't have didn't have another obligation. But who knows? There might be some big booster or something that Lincoln's got to get out and see and you know try to help fund some NIL or something. I don't know. But yeah. he, he's definitely bouncing all over the place there. So so that's the going on. You know the preparation going into it there's a recruiting window open right now. So, you know, the coaches are going to be, and that's why there, I don't think there was any practice this past week. I know UCLA just started their bowl game preparations. You get a certain amount of bowl game preparations. USC's bowl game is later in the cycle. 
so they can wait a little bit, give players some time to rest and heal up their bodies for one. Uh, but then they'll hit it hard once they get started. Uh, and you've seen the coaches have been all over the nation visiting recruits and stuff. So that's part of the reason why they haven't had necessarily any practices because you don't want to waste those practices when you do get them. You want your coaches there if possible. Yeah. Uh, why don't we do some questions and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. But we appreciate um, everyone coming on and watching on Sunday night. I think we'll continue to try to do the Sunday night shows. We might move it around a little bit, but uh, they seem to work and – Get a lot of people watching live, so we appreciate that. If you haven't, uh, smash that like button over on our YouTube page. Smash it. Smash it if you can. Uh, we love that. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Inside Troy. ton of videos going up there. Shotgun did his uh, incident analysis, like Chris mentioned, but we put highlight videos up there. We do these live videos. There's a lot of stuff over there. But uh, really, yeah, hit that like button. We love it. It helps a lot. Let's go to some questions. We'll first go to uh, Tamale Tom, it looks like. That's a good name. Uh, thoughts on Heisman voters who have openly touted Caleb's fingernails as reasons why he didn't get their vote. Is there any accountability for voters? Seems like petulant behavior. Yes. I'll leave that to the only Heisman voter on the show right now. Yeah. So there's Did not 929 votes voters. There's a lot of weird, like there's people that are like, Oh, that guy has a vote that uh, they're, you know, all the former winners have votes. So that's good. I mean, you want that. Um, there's people in every region that uh, that cover college football from kind of different walks of life, you're going to get people that are just like, no. Um, the fact that he was on, you know, 88% or 88.5% of the ballots is really good. I think Shotgun tweeted out that was 10th overall, uh, the most. It's hard to get some kind of consensus. I wouldn't worry that there's 100 people that didn't vote for him, and there are probably weird different reasons. Uh, but because there's so many voters, like you're, he still won, you know, by a landslide. But you're not going to get everybody voting for the same guy. They're, it could be a clear, clear, clear number one, and you're going to still get a bunch of people that wouldn't put them on their ballot. They're going to have some weird ballot. It's just, uh, yeah. I don't know if they're it's about accountability. I've never had someone like message me and say, hey, your votes are pretty screwed up. Um, they don't give you any direction. They don't give you any like, here's a whole bunch of stats of the best players. It's not multiple choice. It's like put the name, put the team. So you put you know first place. Caleb Williams, USC, second place, you know, Max Duggan, uh, TCU. And I put Michael Penix uh, from Washington. I do always try to get a West Coast uh, representation on my ballot. If I can, it's not always easy. Uh, but Penix, like, led the nation in passing yards and you know, whatever. So I put him on there. Um, but, yeah, so you just kind of do it. You fill it in yourself. There's no direction at all. So people can put in, you know, Mickey Mouse if they want to. I'm sure if you do that a few years, they might say something. But, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure about the accountability part of things, but do you guys have any comments? Did you notice this? Did you see any actual votes that you know were publicized? Because I didn't see anyone say that. I know there's some pe there were a lot of people complaining about that, but they yeah. weren't the actual Heisman voters. So I didn't necessarily see that. I, I know that came up. Someone tweeted he, that like I I left. He put his ballot there, left them off, and was like I he he okay. put those on his fingernails. Yeah, someone. It was like one dude, or was just like all right. There, there's gonna be like. There's going to be sports writers that are really full of themselves. Holier they're, than now. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Like, uh, he uh, we, threw. We had, a, it, I saw a game and he threw an incompletion. I just, it just didn't. He didn't seem Heisman worthy to me, and so I voted for this guy. I, I like running backs. Like, there's just going to be. You got 900 people voting. Like, there's going to be all the different reasons why you're not going to vote for, especially when it's like a clear number one. They're going to find reasons to not vote for the clear number one, no matter who it is. Some people may even say, uh, he's gonna win it anyways. I want to get these other people on the ballot so that they right. get a, you know, that they get maybe get to 
get to New York or whatever it may be. Uh, Eric had a similar question. He said, I know it's not your guy's style, but now the results are out and Caleb won. Can we get a rant on the haters that focus on his nails and other garbage reasons not to support his win? You know, it, it's the, the people that are complaining about those are typically the opponents that, that Caleb Williams is going up against. So, you know, it's mostly the Utah fans or the UCLA fans, fans, you know, those people that, you know, that are, in competition with him, basically, you know, he did. No one said anything when he when he said "f UCLA" on his on his uh, nails yeah, three weeks won. before. No one said anything when he said when his nails said "f UCK" indeed the next week. <laughs> so you know, it was three weeks in a row that he did it. Now he's done different things throughout the season. Like I, I think it was against uh, a, a couple teams, like where he just had it kind of their logo and had a you know a circle with a line through it saying "no" to the Golden Bears of of Cal or whatever it may be. But, you know, those rivalry games, those big games, he wanted us in a statement. And the, you can tell if you talk to the kid, he knows what he's doing with those things. He yeah. knows that it's going to rile some people's uh, – but it's also motivation for him. The more haters that are, you know, in his face or whatever, that just makes him play even better, it seems like. I mean, look at his stats in the in the biggest games this season. And, you know, he outside of the Oregon State game, but the rivalry games at the end of the season, he had the best stats that he had – on one leg, still threw for 363 yards and, and three touchdowns. I mean, he rises to the occasion, and the more pressure that he puts on himself at times is important for him to, to be able to play even better. So, you know, I, I think you got to look at where the hate is coming from and then take it with a grain of salt when you realize that it's a lot of opposing fans and stuff. Yeah. We got a question from Daniel. Do you think Caleb Williams winning the Heisman will help recruiting? And he says specifically on the defensive side. Chris, you want to take this one? Absolutely. And I tweeted it out, you know, the December pitch for Lincoln Riley throughout all these trips and visits and having people in on campus is come play with a Heisman winner. That isn't necessarily for offensive players. Like, you know, you're, you're pitching that to offensive linemen, like come block for the Heisman winner or come catch a ball from the Heisman winner or come be in the backfield with the Heisman for running back. No, it's defensive players too. It's like, we have this amazing player but we need a lot of help on defense. We need you to come in here. You're a missing piece, but this is the guy who's leading the team. We have special weapons on offense. We need some help on defense. We need you to get us over that hump, to get to that Pac-12, to get to that cultural playoff. Look how close we were to the cultural playoff. We need more guys on defense. We have this elite special player. Come be a part of it. So, yes, it's obviously going to be a big boost for recruiting, high school and transfer. And similarly, we had a question from Trojan Trojan said, how does the Heisman help with recruiting? And not just on the defense side, but exactly what Chris said. But also, if you're an offensive lineman, if you're one of the elite offensive linemen, like, you know what? I wouldn't mind a trip to New York City for the Heisman. Like, if he just took all his offensive linemen, is he going to do it against next year? Like, maybe. So, you know, it, the, and you see just the extra publicity. You know, you see how much everyone's talking about USC, even though USC is not in the college football playoff. You know, basically everyone's season is over outside of four teams. Like your hopes of winning a national championship are done. So you're, you have a bowl game and that's a nice little, uh, you know, prize at the end of the season, whatever. Uh, but your season's done. So no one's really talking about Tennessee or Alabama or any of those teams right now. But if you have a Heisman winner, everyone's still talking about USC. So that's going to help, you know, as, the, as all these players are going in the transfer portal, well, one of the teams they're still hearing a lot of stuff about is USC because of Caleb Williams. Yeah. And you see what he can do. 
and one you see the the things he does for his teammates and stuff and like all these different all these small things add up to like you know if i'm going somewhere you know everyone everyone that's in this transfer portal has probably played with a quarterback that they hated because a lot of quarter, quarterbacks go one way or the other with teammates. You know, you either love them or you hate them. So in their time, as the, from a youth all the way up, you know, they probably play with at least one quarterback they hate, and they'd be like, "I know I'm going to love this guy because everyone else around him loves loves him." So you know, that's the type of player that you want to play with. And you see, this is a generational type of talent. If I go play with them and I'm the missing piece, what could we do next year? And that's the that's the big selling point. Is like you know you're going to get elite play at the quarterback position, and that's the toughest position to get elite play right. in. So then, if you're you know if you're a defensive lineman or you're a wide receiver, all those you're still going to look at it like, ooh, this is an opportunity to go play for that national championship. So I, I think that's the the big selling point of the Heisman there. And if you're an offensive player, you look at it, and you go, oh wait, Lincoln Riley's done this. How many times yeah. in the last seven years he's had six different finalists as an assistant coach and a, a head coach? I think I want to play in that offense. That yeah. sounds like uh, they're producing. 100%. Trojan Trojan, uh, what needs to happen to get Reggie the Heisman back? I heard it was in the works, and it's a matter of when, not if. I do think this helps, winning another one. And it's in the, you know, people are talking about it again. NIL stuff probably helps. you guys have any thoughts on this? I mean, you would probably know better just because you were around for that situation and, you know, have been through the the full ordeal from the playing time to the trials to all that, the investigation to all that type of stuff. Um, you know, what needs to happen to get Reggie, his Heisman back? That, I mean, the I would guess the Heisman Trust wants him to apologize, but also, like, it's time to move on if you're the Heisman yeah. Trust. like. In everything that you could could say that he did that was in, illegal or whatever is now legal. So why is it a big deal now? Um, and you know that Reggie's I, there has to be a little bit of give on both sides. I would say I would think that is the biggest thing. That's the biggest hurdle. And w are are either side going to do that or are they going to be stubborn? That'll be the big question. Obviously, there's a big push. You know, Matt Leinart talks about it every time that yeah. you know, he's asked about Reggie Bush. He's like, hey, he needs his Heisman back. Carson Palmer said he should have got it back a long time ago. That was something that he, he said on Saturday morning. You know, basically every Heisman winner, like, they either watched Reggie uh, when they were growing up and were like, wow, this guy's amazing. He should have his Heisman back. Or the older guys, like, I don't know. Maybe there's some of the, the older generation. They're like, no, he shouldn't have it. But – you know, those guys are also dying out, unfortunately. So okay. maybe it, the, the sway is going for the younger guys versus older guys, but it, it just needs to happen. Yeah. There's no reason why it shouldn't happen now. Uh, you know, there's been other uh, character faults for different players throughout that have won the Heisman, and all those other players still have their Heisman. So, you know, guys have been in prison, guys have, whatever it is, have been suspended in the NFL or suspended in college. They still have their trophies, yet Reggie Bush, who did not do any of those things, does not have his trophy. So it, it's time for it to happen. Yeah. Are you saying there's a second Bush push? Oh, Ooh, I like it. Second look at Bush you, push. Chris. There is a lot, though. I mean, you're you're here, people, media members, they're just there's like, okay, this is dumb. Just put it back. Uh, the fact that they said eighth Heisman on TV, I think that was a big deal. So yeah, that's. I don't know all the details of what's going on, but I think uh, I think that's where they're pushing for it right now. Um, we have a question from Eric. Can you recap how the transfer 
how a transfer affects scholarship numbers. Um, I mean, it's like a, come in. They count for scholarship. Yeah, like there's no a, there's no cap on how many players you can have in any given class. It used to be twenty five, but now it just turn it's it's just in terms of overall scholarship limits. So you could have forty guys come in this year, but as long as you're under that cap of how many scholarship players you can have, that's fine. There's no cap on how many you can play on. Bring in in any given season. So USC, you know, has twenty or nineteen commitments right now in the high school class. They could bring in fifteen transfers if they wanted to, as long as the numbers all fit. Yeah. You know, guys graduating, guys going to the NFL, guys getting, you know, leaving the program like so many did last offseason. It's all just in terms of if you have the numbers, you have the space, you can bring in as many guys as you want. But you know, I guess if you're if you're asking in terms of does a transfer count as a scholarship? Yes, transfers count as a scholarship. It's not like they're playing like Muhammad's playing on a Georgia State scholarship. No, he's playing on a USC scholarship. He is a scholarship player and will count towards the the total number of scholarships you can have uh, for any given year. Yeah. All right. I think that's all the questions I had. Um, I know Chris looks like he's a little uncomfortable with the uh, super <laughs> tight. Squeeze my brain in, guys. So we should probably. I'm a, little, uh, I'm a little worried. We should probably end it here. Unless Chuck and yeah, a couple. Couple of rapid fire for you, oh, Ryan. That can answer okay. most of these. But Ron from LA, Lower Alabama said, "Why could they not have all USC Heisman winners on the stage last night? Enjoy the show. Thanks for thanks for watching, Ron. But like I said a little bit earlier, it's a invitation for the former winners to come each year. The Heisman, you know, trust, but they are not paying for everything, so it's up to the individuals, of, you know, to get themselves there. Um, but then there's there's dinners and stuff, so it's worth their while if they want to go. Uh, but that's there's no you know, it's not like the, everything's full expenses paid, so that's probably plays into it a little bit. Uh, and SDL Trojan, you know, he has a fun fact for you guys. I don't know if you yeah. knew this, but if Lincoln Riley has two more Heisman Trophy winners, you know, two more, he gets a free sandwich. Nice. There you go. He, he gets the whole, the whole punch card is done. You know, <laughs> <laughs> pretty impressive. Uh, great, great, great comment there. Um, it, do you, Big T, you want to know, will we see a rush of transfers out in the next couple of days or will it happen after the bowl game? I think that you saw the big rush initially of just players entering the transfer portal, not just USC, but across the, the nation. And then I think it'll be a little bit quieter. You'll see some guys trickle in a little bit. But then after, as each bowl game is played, I think then you'll see the more teams that played, you'll see some more guys come out. Uh, so I would say just in a very general sense, like maybe you saw – 40% of the guys from each team uh, enter now, and then you'll see 60% later, and it'll depend team team by team. But like, I think there'll still be more players from those bowl game, uh, bowl eligible teams that are in there. Yeah. And then I think I have one more, maybe uh, LTO want to know, or ITO want to know, what's the chance Caleb switches numbers to try to get two jerseys retired if he repeats, just like Kobe with eight and 24? Uh, That's a very interesting thought. Uh, and it was interesting that Caleb Williams mentioned, he said the 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 coolest and strange and kind of, I think it was weirdest is the word he used, uh, thing about potentially winning the Heisman Trophy was that he gets his number retired at USC. And yeah. he said that, that's, a, that's a huge honor, obviously, because that's the only way that it happens at USC. And I, I meant to ask Matt Leinert this to see if he remembered if his number was up there uh, in the season that you know at, that he played, if they put his number up in, in the peristyle end or not, and still because I can't remember if that's the case or not. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if that thirteen is up there and then on the field as well. 
Uh, Adonis Ote is going to have to probably get a new number. That's all I'm going to say. Probably, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, hope you guys enjoyed uh, the show. Chris uh, bringing it. The swim coach. Awesome. Uh, just dedicated to the bit, which we appreciate. I know this, the uh, swim cap's a little snug on you there. And Shotgun joining us from uh, from the East Coast. It was great to get you on remotely. We'll probably have – this will probably be our crew, like, during the offseason. Uh, at least, you know, when Jack comes back, maybe we can get him back and stuff too. But we can do some more of these uh, remote shows with Shotgun. But it was great to get your insight, Shotgun, being there in New York City and all that. Uh, pretty awesome. And thanks everyone who's been tuning in and watching. Make sure you're going over to uscfootball.com and checking out all the content uh, over there. It's going to be a busy month. Transfer portal, recruiting, USC's roster, USC's ability to make a run at a college football playoff in 2023 largely going to be determined by what happens uh, this month of December. So you make, make sure if you're big into the USC football stuff and you're here watching, you want to make sure and Figure out what's going on because it's it's really important stuff going on right now. Yeah, Shoddy. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Obviously, a ton of stuff is going up. The if you're not a member and you're not getting the transfer um, target list, I mean, are are you a real USC fan? That's a, that's a real question there. Uh, but we've had so much great content this past week. Uh, Caleb Williams, everyone kind of contributed with different Caleb Williams stuff. We still got a couple more things that are coming out. So make sure you guys are subscribed there. But also, I wanted to give a shout out to Tuli Tuli Pelotu. Because in award season, you can go to a you can be on every be a finalist for everything and end up being second fiddle to someone, and that's basically what happened to Tuli this this year. Uh, was the a finalist for three or four of the you know the top defensive player of the year awards, and Will Anderson, the uh, generational defensive end, in my opinion. Um, from Alabama, ended up winning all those. But uh, congratulations to Tuli, an amazing season for him. But a little shout-out for him because he did not win while Caleb Williams was bringing home the trophies. I think yeah. he's probably excited because he doesn't have to talk. <laughs> he's better hey, to talk that's more not true, Chris. Relieved. Yeah. Chris, he, he, he has gone come so far from as a sophomore or junior in high school when I first talked to him, and he took a public speaking class this, this offseason. Mm. So he, he did such a better job this season of being able to communicate. Uh, it was great to see just his continued development. That was really fun. And since I'm speaking on continued developments, it was great for me personally to see C.J. Stroud, just a wonderful kid, wonderful family, Wrote about him a couple times when he's at Rancho Cucamonga uh, to see him in New York, and he he recognized me and came up and, and dat me up and everything. Uh, so that was really fun. Just he see he see me, you know, after they come off the stage the very first time, and he was like, "Oh, hey, shotgun came over and and dat me up." So that was really fun, and you know, he's gonna be uh, going to the NFL after this. So wish him the best of luck as well. It hit. I wanted a quick thing on his suit game. I don't know what you guys thought of that, and there was some questions about USC on Caleb Williams' suit game, which we'll, maybe we'll get into the next show or something. But C.J. Stroud's suit was actually his backup suit because he got some pizza stains on it. He's, he's sponsored by Express. He had these big billboards in Times Square, like you see him in Jackson Smith and Jigba, like you walk out on a Times Square, and there's C.J. Stroud. Pizza but he stains. got some pizza stains or something. For, he had a photo shoot the day before the suit that he was going to wear. But this is... This is clout right here. He got he had a tailor in Texas, and Joey Kaufman, former USC, you know, former Trojan, former USC uh, beat writer as well, who writes for the Columbus Dispatch, had a story on this. But he ha had a tailor in Texas fly up his suit that he had, <laughs> was intending to wear for the college football playoff. Uh, it was going to be his suit game for the playoff game that they have against Georgia. 
and instead he had to get it flown in. And uh, that's 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 true clout right there. When you can get your tailor from Texas to fly in your suit uh, the day of the the Heisman Trophy presentation to make sure you look fresh. Pretty impressive. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to Tunnel Vision. Had a lot of fun. Great to be able to talk about something as amazing as USC winning its eighth Heisman Trophy. Congratulations again to Caleb Williams. We'll be back. We got a preview, the Cotton Bowl. We got shows coming up. We'll talk about the transfer portal, recruiting, and all that kind of stuff. But for Shotgun Spratling and Chris Trevino over there, uh, swim fan, I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.